Welcome to Cleveland Moto, a vintage motorcycle podcast by people who wrench and ride. We'll be bringing you Vin Moto Chat each week, so sit back, relax, and crack a beer. Or play us over the speakers in your shop while working on your latest project. Cleveland Moto. Here's your host, Phil Waters. Is this episode 10 we're about to record? Episode 10. Hello. Well, and it's actually the 11th episode. Right, because, it's the 11th episode because right. of the bonus issue. Right. And we are, and we we are one rolling. more dumb joke before we get started? No, I'm waiting for him to hit the red button. And the red button's been hit. Oh my God, we're rolling. Oh, oh, one more dumb me. joke. One more dumb joke. Okay, well, the, uh, we're going to... Oh, yeah. Oh, and they're off. <laughs> it's yet another edition of Cleveland Moto Podcast. This is episode number 11 for those who are counting. It's the uh, one hour of absolutely you get what you pay for entertainment here. <laughs> hey, it's free. It's free. Oh. <laughs> Perfect. Oh. Tonight, of course, we have Dustin Elliott running the boards as usual. John Mecklefresh is in attendance. James Robertson is out because he's, I don't know, we'll talk about that later. Uh, Shane Post is here and your humble narrator, Phil Waters, as usual. Uh, got all kinds of fun things to talk about for you. The first thing is, why is James not here? Uh, wow, that's a good call. That's a good question. I could probably seven, uh, number Normally, one, he'd be hungover. Number one, I dropped off a CB160 in his lap that he could work on for the rest of his life. And, uh, we'll... <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, John, I'm just going to I just shot beer on my nose. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if James gets that running for the bike build-off, I think he should win. He should win. If, because so, now, it's... <laughs> now, last count, James had... Okay. Because James isn't here, so I'm going to destroy him. I, yes. no, I saw the stats on Facebook today. Oh, really? Okay. Eight, eight bikes. Okay, eight bikes. I'll buy that. Um, I think he said, I, don't quote me, but I think he said four run. Nah. I'm, I think two. Six have titles. Okay, all right. Eight bikes and six with titles is actually That's actually very pretty nice, damn that's good. That's a good equation. Yeah. That's a high five right there. I'm going to check that information. Now, in we know that he's got his CB750 half cast. Yeah, which I'd tilt your mic down a little. John or I would have had running. Yeah, it within runs. three it, hours. He just needs a, uh, whatever. Whatever, right? Okay. Yeah. I don't want him to work on it though. I want it. To you want to buy it yeah, non-running? It. Is what you want to do? You want to actually have him get to the point where he's like, I really need some cash, John. Yeah. You know, I looked in my garage yeah. and the last piece of trading fodder I have is that half cast, man. Yeah. Oh, wait. Here's the stats. Okay. What's he got? Three out of eight bikes in the garage run. Six out of eight have titles. Four other bikes aren't in the garage. I think I have a problem. Ah! <laughs> well, come on. We all and he's that. trying to give away some Lombretta parts. Yeah, yeah, he does have some Lombretta he's parts. He's just here, catching right up with the rest of us. I think. He is yes, actually true. catching up. The uh, So you brought him a CB160. Now, this is my question, because we talked about the Burning River build-off mm-hmm. and how James is spearheading that. And we thought, naturally, that one of his myriad of Suzuki two-strokes that he has would have been the obvious choice. One, he already owns them. Two, he has the parts to complete them. That would be the obvious Burning River build-off choice. Yeah, I mean, he has two XX Hustlers that would be a great bike. And I mean, a Hustler's a cool bike. Oh, yeah. Oh, very cool bike. Very desirable. In fact, uh, yeah, it's been through all of our hands. Oh, if we can can, uh, like Lambe... James a little more here. Uh, right. He's not he, here, so might as well. That's right. true. That's true. That's true. Sorry, we'll, James. We'll hang him out. I'm sorry. Not sorry. Pat, you right. know what, James? We love you. Show but, up to defend <clears throat> yourself. Yeah. Or be damned. But uh, uh, that hustler, he took possession of that. Uh, Shane and I picked up that hustler. That's right. The same day we picked up my bike, which okay. is now a fully rebuilt and, custom. And Dustin was riding it today. 100% rode it custom cafe racer. Right. I rode it all last year. Well, in James' defense, Finding parts for that bike is well. He found a whole other he, he, bike. He did get a whole other bike. Oh, did he really? Yeah. Yes. Right. I, I, there used to be this friend of yes. mine used to have this term that said, "A man with one watch always knows what time it is, whereas a man with two watches is never really sure." Exactly. Okay. <laughs> and when you get multiple bikes in your garage, multiple projects, you 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 lose your focus. And uh, I could write what, a book I'm, on. I'm that. sorry. What was that? Focus. Yeah. Right, I yeah. lost my he, focus. Exactly. You know, huh? he <laughs> has done a lot of work, and he worked on he did, he built his Lambretta over the winter. That kind of consumed him and mm-hmm. stuff. So he did get something done. He did. Winter. The Lambretta looks brilliant, uh, yeah. bent frame and all. It looks yeah. genius. Yeah. Well, yeah. 
Yeah. Way to shit on it. Just a little bit. <laughs> he did a great paint job on it. It's gorgeous. Oh, oh wait, he didn't do that. <laughs> well, he had a great paint job done to it. Yeah. yeah so he, he gets He's going to kick that. her ass. You realize that? That wasn't, yeah, for well. a, that wasn't for a build off or anything. So. That was just to have a Columbus Crew tribute Lambretta. So that's I, quite frankly, I don't know why he's not riding that thing. I mean, it. You know what? It didn't feel bent enough to me that I wouldn't ride it. It's no, a Lambretta. It's running. No, it's the lights all lean. work. We sorted yeah. it all out. It's right. ready to go. Ready to ride. A running cool. Lambretta? So, yeah, yeah, that's what I said. I'm like, that's the rarest thing in the world. You have two of the most rarest bikes. You have a running, two, two running, running Lambrettas. Lambrettas. I'm like, yeah. whoa. That's genius. And I will tell you this, that even though we've had some nasty weather the past week, we've had some really cold days, barely over freezing, cold rain in the air, looking very British outside, James has ridden. Mm-hmm. Like every day, I've ridden a couple of days, but James rode like every day. Well, so. he doesn't really have much of a oh, that's choice right. he since have he a truck. All right, traded okay. in his truck and then right. spent the money on. The yeah, well, okay. So it's one of those things. That Smart man. He's been forced to be a British style commuter yes. due to uh, just what's in his garage that runs. But he seems to relish it. He's he's really well, liking. It. He's like, for, yeah. fortunately, he's not too far from work either. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Now talking about cars that run. A few podcasts ago, like cars? maybe six or seven. Yeah, cars. Six or seven podcasts <laughs> ago, we talked about them putting a tattletale, a little black box, on your motorcycle to do a non-invasive study about the way people ride so they could get some more data for the modern version of the old Hurt Report. And we all had our personal opinions on how would you feel about that. And one of the things I brought up was as soon as the insurance industry gets a hold of this, because they see a dollar sign on everything, and what did I see? Progressive Insurance's new discount program is they will send you a little tiny basically thumb drive. You said you saw a commercial for it? Yeah. I saw the commercial yeah. too. Yeah. They'll send we you flow in everything. a uh, oh, shit. Yeah. they'll yeah. send you a little drive and you plug it into your OBD port on your car and you drive around with this thing for 30 or 60 days and you send it back to Progressive and based on your driving habits you can you can lower your insurance rate up to 30%. True. And uh Working in advertising myself, uh, right. fortunately I don't have to write the shit, you know, I just uh, produce the commercials and get them out there, but the way they pitched that commercial mm-hmm. was the guy talking to Flo in the commercial was talking about what a safe driver he was and everything. Oh, he and should be rewarded. Like, oh, okay, you should be rewarded for that. Yeah. And the guy he was there with was just like flying around on a shopping cart going nuts and he points at him and he goes hey he's my ride home oh nice so they're showing like irresponsible guy versus responsible guy and then she goes into the pitch of like hey you could stick this on your car and get your own custom rate yep and I'd be interested to see what the metrics are what are they actually looking at or what are they judging you by like how well I I have this uh, tool at work it's called a uh, it's called a CD recorder it's same Dude, thing I've you had said. CD recorders. <laughs> I think this might be different technology. Oh, okay. well, it stands for code recorder. Oh. And uh, what it, what it basically does, if you have a vehicle that it's got a very intermittent problem, you plug this thing in the OBD port and just let them drive it. And you let the customer drive it. And you know, a lot of times, what we did with it was we gave them a little a little book and said, when the car acts up, write down the date and the time. Oh, okay. And you know, if you want to put the weather and whatever, what doesn't matter. But the big thing was, when you took this thing off and you plugged it into a USB port, put it in your computer with the program, right. you had all the data from the whole time they were driving. It wasn't right. just the instance where this code had reported in mm-hmm. the car and the check engine light came on. Right. But it said everything. Your, thr- wow. your throttle response, how you're driving, how fast you're going, and just you know barometric pressure. You could tell if it was raining out. Wow. And just yeah. all kinds of shit. It was pretty cool. Yeah. So that's probably the deal they're using. Probably what they're using. Yeah. So yeah. getting these metrics and getting this data on drivers, we were talking about that big brother part of once you have one of these in your car and or motorcycle, how would you change your behavior? And now Progressive Insurance is saying, we're going to give you a 30% discount in your insurance to let us observe your driving style. Well, you know you've got it for 60 days. For that 60 days, Drive, you're oh, going to drive behave. like a grandma. Yeah. You're never going to oh, yeah. speed. You're, you're going to try to like fake it that you don't drive an hour to work and back every right. day. Right. You're going like, to minimize it. Yeah, yeah. I would think. I mean, yeah, so it's out there. And that was the funny thing is we went from concept and we went from talking about a non-invasive motorcycle driver survey to an insurance company picking up on it and actually using it to, uh, one, obtain data about how people drive, and two, the way that they're motivating people to allow them to put it in their vehicle is offering them up 
to a 30% discount. Well, you know, the margins in the insurance industry are so much that they can give 30% away like nothing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So giving 30% away to get that kind of data is totally a value for progressives. So how, how long till they decide to start stuffing that into motorcycles? Well, that was my whole thing. I was like, You, you well, can't do that on a vintage bike. Well, you can't do it on a lot of bikes. But the point would be that the idea of motorcycles coming from the factory with these tattletales already installed. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I think about that. Yeah, how's that? When you buy a motorcycle brand new and you already have a tattletale installed that you don't even know about. So I think every Hayabusa on the planet would have one. Right should away. have one. They should have one. Should is the right word. We've got uh, we got something we've never had before, something we haven't had recently in the state of Ohio, and that was a gorgeous day today. I actually got a sunburn, yeah, which is really cool. Yeah, you got you got some good sunburn. Yeah, I would, we went down to the beach today, me, me and the family. It was nice. Like, it's really nice to go out there and. Uh, I was in the recording studio all day recording a band. Ah, moles and trolls, moles and trolls. Never see the light of day. I was digging out my garage. By the way, the, <laughs> the beach in Lake Erie in Cleveland is the Lake Erie, and right. yeah, that's the beach, all right. And yeah, it's seventy-eight degrees, and now you see all the debris that is washed right. up all yeah. over the entire <laughs> the, the line of that's dead a shit fish from China. Like, it's just like <laughs> holy ice pushed up over the. Look what we found! Yeah. <laughs> no, no, put that down. We made that. <laughs> Everybody in the room, all right? Raise your hand. If you were on a motorcycle today. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my all God. Hands. Did you guys yeah, see that? Hands. Did you guys see that? Did you see that? You see that? All hands rode motorcycles today. In fact, all hands showed up to the podcast on their motorcycles That's half the reason I came to the podcast, yeah. is I didn't get to ride my bike all day long. Perfect I'm excuse like, to ride a, po- a yeah, motorcycle. i got to go to the podcast, and I'm going to take my bike. I think it was cool. John gets superhero points, because I rode the BMW around all day, you know, 500cc BMW riding around, and that's, that's all right. And I was riding like a stately gentleman that I am. <laughs> because you yes. can only ride that BMW like a stately gentleman. Which is the only reason you ride it like a stately gentleman. It is. It's cool, you know. If, no, if keep you those... could rape that motorcycle, you would have been. Nah, it doesn't have the, you know, it's just not right. you just going to, you got you to gotta dance the dance, right? right? And John showed up on the uh, 305 Superhawk. Yeah. And then said he drove on the freeway. <laughs> now, for anybody, for anybody in podcast land who hasn't got a visual on John, John is. You, how pushing, tall are you, John? I'm like six two, but I'm pushing yeah. about three hundred pounds. Right. Days, you know? <laughs> and uh, and a uh, Honda. Three, Granted, John's not a fat guy, but he's not a skinny guy. <laughs> no, no, no. He, he and, can hold his own. And John but. may John may be the heaviest component on a Honda yeah. Superhawk. I'm probably way more than the bike. Right. Itself. I think it, it weighs less than three hundred. No, you weigh about as much as a Superhawk. Yeah. It's like, it's yeah. About so you are the heaviest component on a Superhawk. Yeah. So you rode it here on the freeway. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I, I think I think my favorite quote was, "Man, I was going. What we say? I was going seventy. Yeah. I, well, I, you know, I, for a while I got out there and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to go sixty. Let's. Right. You know, it's running at about six sure. grand and everything. Yeah. And then you know, some cars were passing me, so I kept up with the car and then held it, pushed it out to about seventy, okay. seventy-five, yeah. and then I'm like, well, I'm getting ready to get off the highway here. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and give it the beans. And I went to give it the throttle, and guess what? It you were was already, already t- pinned. <laughs> like, oh. You had already baked the beans. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, wow. I thought it had more than that. Did your full beans like come <laughs> Yeah. The yeah. full beans indicator. The overspeed indicator came on. Your yeah. beans are now cooked. Yeah. I'm like, well, I guess I should get down on the tank. and oh, just get off the high. Yeah, just get off the high. <laughs> For real. Yeah, it's been funny today, because driving around... Uh, Today I had to do a service call way out in Port Clinton, you know, out on the out on Catawba, and so it's a, it's a long drive. So I took my wife's. Uh, that I'd, was going out there to install a rack for somebody. I was going out to install a windshield. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah. Hey man, if a dude is going to pay me to drive out to his house to install a windshield, I'll drive out to install a windshield. Exactly. That's all there is to it. Yeah. And so you brought a ten millimeter, a fourteen millimeter, and that's about it. I took oh, the in, I took Phillip's I head. took my entire hammer. I took my entire motorcycle toolkit <laughs> and an adjustable wrench. <laughs> so that was my it was my grab and go motorcycle toolkit and a Gerber tool. And honestly the Gerber tool came in handier than anything else in there. Right. So I was driving out and uh, now my wife's car has been in the garage. She's got a Toyota MR2 convertible. And it's a fun little car. Wait, you can fit a car in your garage? Yeah, one one. I, I find that an MR2 little an MR2, MR2 yeah <laughs> the smallest uh, car possible shoebox ever since i bought her that car the rule has been that you know that that's a garage kind of car 
Mm-hmm. Right, and for I win- guess that's, that's why you got the warehouse, huh? For Cleveland Winters. <laughs> so, in the exchange for being able to put her car in the garage, I've had to buy a three hundred and fifty dollars a month warehouse. So, <laughs> the uh, which is actually a pretty good deal. It's actually a pretty good deal. Yeah. It works out well for me. So, I took the car out of the garage today. You know, I've had it on a battery tender. It's been, you know, it fired right up. You know, that's that whole. Please put battery tenders on your stuff next year, <laughs> so you're not paying for batteries this year. I fired it up, put air in the tires, took it out on the road, and had a great time driving, you know, out along Lake Erie Shore, out west. But today was the day, man. If you had a red sports car, or if you had a Harley Davidson, or you had a motorcycle, I guarantee you got it out today. Wait a minute, you said if you had a Harley Davidson or you had a motorcycle. Mo- oh, I'm telling Did you. Did you just shit on Harley Davidson? <laughs> no, I'm telling you that it's a different kind of person. It's just that's all it is. The uh, I saw more bikes today, even the diehard like I'm waiting. Guys, they were out riding today. Yeah. And it was fantastic to see that many bikes out and that many sports cars and that many convertibles all out. Because today was that day. You couldn't resist how beautiful it was. Yeah. I tried to get two things, leaf bags and propane. And <laughs> you couldn't buy either. I had to go to three different places for each of those <laughs> oh, things. Yeah. Everybody was yeah, sold. Yeah. It was out. like trying to buy plywood in a hurricane. Uh, yeah. You couldn't do it. <laughs> First sunny, beautiful day in Cleveland, Ohio. Forget about leaf bags or propane. You're yeah. done, brother. I was yeah. I was driving down Lake Road, and you could tell it was like, uh, they they just put down their fertilizer. Yeah. There's crabgrass preventer. Oh, oh you could somebody smell must, it. Somebody yeah. must have been about the fact that you could smell anything at all because it's usually right. bitterly cold out, and your right. nose is frozen yeah. out. That's one of the great things about riding a motorcycle: fragrances and smells yeah, when you go riding. You can down smell the, the road. whole world. <laughs> the uh, I tonight is going to be the night if you're a garbage picker. Oh, yeah. Tonight oh, is going to be oh, Nirvana, yeah. man. Yeah. Where's Henry I mean, we need him? Oh, no kidding, man. <laughs> Tonight is the night to go out and get all that patio furniture that the rich people threw away because they got new stuff this year. Or the mm-hmm. snowblowers. Snowblowers. Or that oh, lawnmower yeah. they that, fucking, that like, lawnmower that the wouldn't pulp. start today. Yeah. Two pools wouldn't start. Let's yeah. Go. I actually, I, oh, man, it was it was beautiful. Tonight's the, the night. F- we got to go picking. The first kind of warm day that we had. Yeah. It was one of those 60 St. Paddy's Day. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it was St. Paddy's Day. My sister-in-law had asked me, you know, she borrowed my snowblower at one point in time, and she's like, oh, my God, i got to get one of these. You know, how much was that? And I was like, I, I fucking garbage picked it. Yeah, it's garbage picked. Right. it. She's like, if you could garbage pick me one for next year, that would be so They're awesome. They're putting their orders in for yeah. garbage picking. <laughs> oh, no, I have people put orders amazing, in for garbage yeah. picking for me all the time. So I'm driving home on St. Paddy's Day, yeah. and I'm cutting through Bay Village, and it was their garbage night. And yeah. I was thinking to myself, I was like, you know, God damn it, I should have been looking at the curb. Right. Because, you know, I bet you there's a snowblower out yeah. there. No shit. The, the second I thought that, right. I look to my left, and I see my exact same snowblower <laughs> in the trash. Brand I cut specific. into that driveway, yeah. threw it in the back of oh, my yeah. car. Perfect. Came home. I had it running in about right. five minutes. It's yeah. a two-stroke snowblower. I know. It's well, going to run. It's do you know how work. bad our circle of friends is? This is how... And for anybody out listening, you got to understand... You've garbage picked for me. I there, no, This is what I'm about to say. <laughs> I actually garbage picked a snow thrower that he threw out. Yeah, yeah. I garbage picked it off of his lawn, and that fan that never worked right, I garbage picked off of his lawn. And <laughs> Why the snow thrower in Shane's trash because if it ever well, the funny thing is the snow right, thrower. The snow thrower worked. The snow thrower he took a pass on. He pitched it. I bought a belt for it. We yeah. used it this year. It worked great. Right. Yeah. So. You know, it's not even leaving the circle of the, these four pickers that are in this room right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's really bad. So I've, got, uh, I've gone through like seven snowblowers, and I've never paid for one. <laughs> They've been either given or picked or whatever. I'm like, I'm not buying a snowblower. never paid for one gas-powered yard tool. Never. No. Yeah, yeah, ever. We've had chainsaws. Yeah, we can I resurrect anything. I have three anything. chainsaws in my garage right now that work, and they all came out We're of just the waiting for something to cut. Yeah. I've, I've, got a, I've got a steel... Uh, weed whacker, you know, yeah, steel, still yeah. big money, yeah. steel. Yeah, it, I looked it up. It's like a three hundred dollar weed whacker. Someone threw it away, and I looked at it. It had a bad gas line. It's got this little weird neoprene molded gas line. Yeah. I went to the local place, Worcester's. Yeah, they're like, oh, two dollars ninety nine cents. Okay, cool. Put Perfect. it in. Bam, fire right up. First well, pull. And we got that MTD Edger. Yeah, that, that I go. jumped into the trash. I'm like, oh, dude, Edger. <laughs> nice. Exactly like that. And I, I I jump in there in the trash. Shane yells out the car, "Check for compression!" <laughs> I just I just grab the, the cord and pull it. Without, it started without even attempting to start. <laughs> <laughs> Shut it down! 
Yeah. No, so we shut it down through and you know what my uh, stepfather ended up with that. Yeah. Well, you yeah. see, he put a blade on. That's it. Yeah, he we... put a blade on. That was it. And he's edging his ass off and loves it. You know? Today I saw a 29 inch or 32 inch TV mm-hmm. put to the curb. And I love our neighborhood because we are the only neighborhood in America where somebody puts a 32-inch TV out to the curb that and works. tapes the remote and the manual to the top of it. Yeah, they How considerate so is that? Yeah. Today on Lake oh, yeah. Road, 32-inch TV, remote, and manual taped to the top of it. I'm like, man. Let me tell you why that happens. That's classy. <laughs> it, it, that happens because you go out when right. that TV was new. And that fucker was a lot of money. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a and big TV. Yeah. you had it for maybe 10 years, and right. it's got a fucking, it's got a tube the size of Jesus. You, no, you can't carry land. it in your house anymore. You won't do yeah. it. And you, you put it out there, and it's on the fritz. That's about it. Yeah. You're like, man, this thing still works, but my wife said, the TV sucks. Let's go get one of these flat things. Top so, left corner is a little blue. Yeah. Like <laughs> but, you, but you put it on the curb, just like you said. You tape yep. the manual, you tape the remote to it, you leave the fucking batteries in it. Right. And you put a sign on it that says, works. Exactly. I've garbage picked those before. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, look, that TV has, that TV has a, a remote tape to it. And yeah. you, you, know you get what? out of the car and you go look at it and there's a sign on it that says, works. Right. Yeah. Like, we un- we garbage band. picked this unnecessarily large TV once. I, it was, <laughs> I think it was amazing. It was ne- unnecessarily big <clears throat> to the point where we just backed it up to the garage, left it in the van, and got an extension cord and plugged it in. And we sat down with the remote and we turned it on. We're like, it fucking works. Of course it works. <laughs> but the sound didn't work. Okay. We're like, that doesn't ah. matter. You're going to run it through your. So well, we're like, run, run it through your receiver yeah, anyway. Yeah. We could have done receiver, that, but yeah. instead it, we just drove the van to the curb and we put it back <laughs> in our curb. <laughs> yeah, we didn't feel like dicking with it. We, we re-gifted it. We didn't put, at, put it back out nicely. We drove the van out and then just hit the brakes. faster <laughs> and it fell out. Well, the what best was, thing was the next morning that yeah. bitch was gone oh, of before, course the, gone. before yeah. the garbage came. Well, because there's probably in that TV alone, if you're a, a true... Oh, copper. Yeah. scrounger. True scrap collector. Yeah, we've done that. True scrounger. There's probably about $30, $40 worth of copper. Yeah, that gun's got a load of copper in it. Oh, just the cable around the cathode yep. ray is probably, I, I would say, 20, 30 I got, Guys, long. motorcycle cod, pod, cod Oh, yeah, pass. that's right. Cod, cod, cod Okay. Yeah, for anybody listening today, uh, wait, we didn't do the disclaimer. The disclaimer that we needed for tonight was, normally when we do a podcast, we go out in the garage and we have three or four or five beers before we come downstairs. Right. But today, one of our friends showed up who's a welder and builds, you know, choppers and fun stuff like that. Why didn't we ask him to come down? You know what? He didn't seem to be feeling the love. But well, when when I when you, I mentioned you don't that know we him. do a that's pod- how he is right. When I mentioned that we do a podcast, and when he goes, "What's a podcast? What the hell is right. that?" But, I was like, because I was about to kind <clears throat> of ask him down. Yeah, yeah, but back to the disclaimer. Instead of our normal three to five beers, we've had seven or eight apiece now. Yeah. And so this is going to be a little sketchy. This podcast, we appreciate your. It's uh, going to be. It already is. Yeah, okay. Right on. on. Fair game. So. uh Back to try to try and reel it into something even remotely resembling a motorcycle-related topic. John, you're telling me about what? Honda. Yeah, John. <laughs> John, John Paging, John, John McElfresh. John McElfresh. You're telling me that Honda Honda has figured out a way. Okay, now this is uh, for your super bike racing geeks out there. Yeah. Honda's figured out a way to take like basically one or two seconds per lap time. Yeah. And just make it go away. Basically, Honda decided they're going to get their head in the game and, and think about superbike racing and really make an effort at it. So rather than hiring Valentino Rossi, which is what everyone else does to win, right? they're actually <laughs> going to try to build some technology. They're, they're, right. they're, they're going to give it a go. And and I know this doesn't have to, a whole lot to do with you know vintage bikes and stuff like that. But what they did was really pretty interesting, at least from a technical standpoint. They were able to build a transmission that's basically... A constant mesh transmission in which all the ratios, it's a six-speed transmission, okay. all the ratios the stay constantly meshed. They're, right. they're, they're all lined engaged. up all the time. And it's very much like some of the scooter transmissions I was going to say, we it sounds that, like an old Vespa that just have a cruciform that right. slides across between the mm-hmm. ratios. But in this situation, they have, like, pegs, tabs that poke up from inside the counter shaft okay. and engage the gear. So you can actually have... Like, no, does it happen at like certain RPMs? These little pegs pop up, or I think it's probably. I don't know if it's an electronic shift. Right. I mean, I, I read the article. It was really just concentrating on the transmission. Yeah. Sure, but the the gist of it was, you know, it takes you like a sixth of a second to sure. shift. Yeah, if you're amazing. And, if you're amazing, and so right. if you can eliminate ten sixths of a second yeah. for ten upshifts through a, oh a lap God. of the curse, yeah, you've gained a second or two every lap. Yeah, you a go. second and a half every lap. So they're they're kicking ass, and uh, it's basically because of this phenomenal transmission. Look, they had pictures, schematics of it. 
Good luck trying to figure out exactly how it works. And I mean, I, I'm a mechanic. I've had transmissions apart and stuff like that. But I'm like looking at all the little bajuggered little pieces and stuff. And I mean, right. a lot of what happens is actually happening inside the counter shaft. Okay. And it's a bunch of like little pieces and stuff, like tabs that poke up and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I guess they, they came up with something similar to this. Like it was like a BB style where a BB would sure. poke up through a, a hole and engage yeah. a cog and, exactly. and stuff like that. That makes sense. But yeah. that actually had to run the full it length did. of the it had counter to run the shaft. the whole length of the counter shaft. This somehow, yeah. the, the shifting mechanism is only moving like one inch but engaging each of the gears. Six it's, gears. Yeah, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. Brilliant. But, wow. you know. So every time you ride this motorcycle and you go up, instead of going blah, 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 you're actually carrying two gears yeah. at any shift point. First, second, and keeping your second, third, third, fourth. You're maintaining it. It basically becomes like a CVT transmission yeah. where it's yeah. stepless. Oh, yeah, you're right. yeah. It's stepless. You're just pushing through the, and the I don't gear know ratios. The, I, I, I just wonder what it. the feel would yeah. be when you're riding this bike. Is it just going to be, like, be fantastic? Yeah. Like it's got to be like an electric motor. Banging, the, you know, yeah. banging through them without right. any kind of let off of the motor. Or, oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, we know that with racing, everything that they've ever used in racing, especially Honda, has found its way to the civilian market. Oh, yeah. It's found its way to the consumer market. And I would be the first to tell you that if I had a motorcycle that I knew that I could just tick through the gears, bang, 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 mm-hmm. and never pull the clutch in, never have that lag, because mm-hmm. what happens to that lag is you lose your RPMs. Right. And it's very hard when you've got a high revving engine that makes its power in maybe only a 1,000 RPM range. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You fall out of that 1,000 RPM range, and now you're dogging. Mm-hmm. So if you never fall out of that sweet spot, you could program that transmission. I'm sure they will. Mm-hmm. So that it always shifts at 9,500 RPM. I mean, even with an air shifter, an electronic yeah. shifter, it still kills your ignition. It still of course has it does. To, There's a delay. It has to be a pause to, yep. to, 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 because you can't have, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. That's I mean, actually it's not, brilliant. It's and not, you know. It's not vintage. It's not vintage, but but by God, it's not, still cool. It's, it's not still cool. It's, it's not vintage right now. <laughs> it will be someday. Yeah, it, it will be someday. someday. And you know, yeah. you know damn well one of those bikes is going to make it to someone's. Twenty floor. years from now, when somebody listens to this podcast, uh, remember like, back in the day when I used to have to pull a clutch. <laughs> <laughs> All these guys on their motorcycles that burn dinosaur remnants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the uh, the bikes that are coming out now, the motorcycles that are available to the general public as a whole, have been dumbed down to the point where when you do ride an old motorcycle, I bring this up because yesterday at the shop, a friend of mine that I haven't seen since we raced bikes together years ago mm-hmm. came in, uh, used to live in Chicago, moved to Dearborn, comes into the shop and is looking at our shop and just loving on the vintage, the old vintage motorcycles. Now, this is a guy who's had a Kawasaki S3. He's been into two strokes for a long time. And Mike was in the shop, you know, kind of roaming around. And he saw this Kawasaki G3 Supersport that we have. I think I heard the comment, that's got to be in my garage. I got to get that in my garage yeah. or something like that. It was that. seriously, as soon as he saw it, this is a 100cc two-stroke from the early 70s with a rotary valve carburation system, rotary mm-hmm. valve induction. Mm-hmm. And when we got this bike, we went out and rode it because this thing had been lovingly preserved, basically yeah. ignored. True survivor. True survivor. We flipped the handlebars upside down and made them into low-budget clubmans by just reversing them and flipping them over. Which worked out great. Which I mean, actually rode really nice. That's what all the guys did. In, that's well, how you in did it. England in the late 50s or Changed 50s. the attitude of the bike like nobody's business. And I weigh a solid 210 pounds. And I could get on this 100cc motorcycle, hoist the front wheel in the air. Yeah, I saw you giving the demo ride. I'm like, look at him. <laughs> <laughs> now, I will let you know that I'm such, a, I'm, I'm such an idiot. That I went out, this bike hasn't fired up. You know, it's wintertime. It was yeah. wintertime. So we hadn't fired this motor in at least four or five Fresh months. Fresh out of the warehouse. Of. Fresh out of the warehouse. I went over, gave it three kicks. It sparked a life. God love this machine. Took it down the street, cleaned some of the carbon out of it. Got it up to tick. Got it up oh, to the, the over-rev. <laughs> we all know Phil. We know how that goes. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> we knew he was raping that <laughs> thing down the road. <laughs> 
I forgot like, about the most essential element to human existence, which is air. Yeah. And uh, so it just uh, needs gas. It just needs gas. It doesn't need air. So I brought it back to the back door of the shop. I put 34 pounds of air in the tires, and amazingly, it handled much better after yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, so uh, on these the very tires became more round. on these like two and a quarter inch wide tires yeah. that they put on the bike back in the day. And uh, I I told Mike. Because I know Mike's got experience with Kawasaki two-strokes and multi-cylinder Kawasaki two-strokes. He's never had a, a little G3 100. And that's a beautiful bike because it looks, the, the paint scheme oh, and everything is just like a, a, yeah. an old H2 or something like it that. It is. It really looks great and it was in great shape. And uh, he came in and he, he negotiated with me and he beat me down on the price so much that it was only a price that I would let a friend take it. Mm-hmm. And then he also said, well, you know, I live, in, uh, I live in Dearborn now, so if you ever want to come up and ride on the velodrome... You now have a place to stay. You now have a place to stay and a bike to ride. And there's no better bike to ride on the velodrome than a Kawasaki G3100. Glorified bicycle. It is truly a moped with balls. That's the Darius or the Darmus. Yeah. 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 And that's that. Oh, no. We're not supposed to tell. Yeah. We're not supposed to talk about that. But it's it's an old velodrome that's been dilapidated and. And typical of Detroit, they found it out there. There was weeds and trees growing up through it, and the guys have done a great job of restoring it, and now they're running bicycles, mopeds, and small motorcycles around a velodrome. Cool. And it's a really cool thing, and I'm dying to get out there because I've talked to some of my friends that do it, and they really have nothing but I good things to say. I saw videos on YouTube of it. It's amazing. I know. I know. It's, it's just bo- amazing. It's all boner fuel. It's all yeah. boner fuel. And a, and seriously, a YSR50 or some hopped-up moped oh, or man, a Kawasaki yeah. G3. I want to take a Madass on it. Madass is yeah, another great bike. Yeah, take it out there and run it around that velodrome. It, you can't have more fun than that on a on a budget. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he jumped on that bike, took it down the street, and he wasn't saving it either. I was so happy to see him jump on that bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you couldn't sell that bike today. Mm. I'm absolutely not kidding one bit, because the market that was purchasing that bike in the early '70s was your entry level, inexperienced, no money in your pocket, neighborhood grocery getter. And, like, the advertising that I pulled up from that motorcycle was all about, if you're looking for a fun little bike for riding around town and just getting some groceries and doing your daily chores and stuff like that, the Kawasaki G3100, or K, you know, what they called it, KH100, uh, is the perfect bike for just running around town. It's a rotary valve, so it gives power down on the bottom end. You don't have to ring it out. Well... Meanwhile, click to meanwhile willies down the fucking street. <laughs> I'm a 200-plus-pound person, and that little sucker, if you spin it up, and so we've kind of safetyed our bikes down. I've ridden some of those little rotary valves. I wrote, I had a, I bought that one Riverside, yeah, an R uh, GY sixty Riverside, nineteen sixty something. Rode around for a little bit, and I'm like. I'm almost 300 pounds, and this thing is just like, I could walk around the swap meet in first gear. It was just like... Absolutely fantastic. I couldn't believe how torquey a little... You would think that a 60cc two-stroke, you'd have to be like... And that technology is 40 years old. By the way, I like I like to do my own sound effects. Right. Well, it's good. Someone's got to do it. Yeah. That 40-year-old technology now, when you ride a motorcycle now, a small displacement motorcycle that's 125cc, it really is wheezing and gasping and can't get out of its own way because of the way they set up the jetting, the way they mm-hmm. set the bike up to be so EPA-friendly and forget about getting a two-stroke. Right. Uh, yeah. A 125-four-stroke is just really laboring. Mm-hmm. Uh, and unless it's a buddy. I was going to say, right. unless it's a buddy. <laughs> and there's this weird bike out there that... Uh, when John started working for us, I'm sure that John heard us talking about a 125cc four-stroke bike and was kind of like, eh, whatever, it's a 125cc four-stroke. How is it going to even go out of its own way? Yeah. But realistically, that is a bike that's the only bike I know of today that's 125ccs and is a four-stroke and is the most willing Rever and just get just gets the job done like nobody's business what is bike? that it's the it's that genuine buddy one twenty five scooter oh, yeah. I can yeah. that, that thing rips yeah, yeah it does it rips yeah. like nobody's business and I can I can show you my GPS sheet I rode it around Lake Erie and it's I the new never Honda Cub it is and I never mm-hmm. drop below sixty four miles an hour mm-hmm. so for ten and a half well, eleven I rode hours that, I rode that Lake Erie yeah. loop with you and I, I was you know I thought I was making good time on a Honda CB two hundred and right. I had a chase crew and getting filled up with gas and you know and then all 
I didn't catch up with you until, until we were Angola. back. Yeah. Until <laughs> you were, I was, you know, I'm like, wow. The rest area where you stopped at Denny's. Well, that was actually where I had to take a dump. And if I wouldn't have taken the dump, I probably would have stayed out in front of John. The point is, I didn't have a chase crew. I was doing it all myself. No, was... My only support was I had a one-gallon gas can under the seat. Mm-hmm. And, and I just stayed shit. in a fetal position the entire time. And I held the speedometer at between 65 and 70 miles an hour for the entire Race over 600 miles. And if anyone wants to see video proof of this. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah. Go on YouTube and look up Lake Erie Loop. And, and type in uh, pink buddy. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> Phil forgot to mention that the buddy, uh, the buddy one twenty five he was on was very pink. It was pink. Yeah. yeah. Well, you were no. like you were like two feet off the bumper of a My, fucking UPS truck, okay. wasn't it? One drafting saves gas, <laughs> and you can also sit upright at sixty five seventy miles an hour. You can stretch. So you can stretch out, get the blood going where the blood needs to go. And if you got to be two feet off the back of a UPS truck to make that happen, remember, folks, there's a three dollar trophy at stake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you need to go. Oh, man, yeah. there's a three dollar trophy oh, and a nothing. check that you're expected to sign back to the charity. Well, I've you know when anybody gives me prize money for something like that, it's a charity involved. I'm more right. than happy to turn exactly. that. I don't need a couple of you know a couple of three hundred bucks to say thank you for winning a race. The kids need it more than I do, but more importantly, I joined that race as a giggle. Mm-hmm. I rode a 125 cc pink scooter. With the full intention of just getting made fun of mm-hmm. for 660 miles. And but it did. was out of the you box. That. It was out of the box. Like straight yeah. out of the fucking crate. Right. But that's amazing. But realistically, I did not even anticipate that I'd be competitive. Yeah. yeah. So I really thought that I really thought that I was going to get out and get made fun of, mm-hmm. which I did. Uh, but more importantly, so. it was really cool to have. A small bike. Oh, yeah. And it's fun. If you haven't ridden a small bike in a long time, it's time to go out and try one. Mm-hmm. And get a small bike from the 60s or 70s because they really were a lot of fun. And we forget about that. Come borrow my bajaj. 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 Okay. And one of the other things I wanted to chat about, we like... None of us are road racers here. None of no, us are guys that are no. going to actually be able to compete against anybody for anything. Uh, I'd be giving up 100 pounds on everybody <laughs> in the room. So I'm like... But I think we've all engaged in some sorts of, you know, some sorts of weird grassroots, um, grassroots motorsports. Um, I know we've done the Babe Rally, which is that $500 vehicle from the, you know, from the Big Apple to the Big Easy. In a five hundred dollar van, and Which that is was basically a party. It's a week long party, and it's yeah. a load of fun. And you can loosely call it road racing, or you can loosely call it. Uh, Actually, in, in their bylaws, they do not. You call can't it call it racing. racing. No, it's, it's a rally. It's a rally. Yeah, it's a tour, right? An endurance yeah. event, right? And we've all done. Uh, I know John and I have done the Lake Erie Loop, which of course is not a race. It's an endurance. It's an endurance event. event. Yet your time does matter, <laughs> and there are prizes. So one of the things that I've been, uh, you know, kind of interested in and I've known about for a couple of years, but it keeps, it's in the back of my mind. Now, some people that are listening to this podcast might have a little more money to spend than I do. We do have uh, listeners in Australia. Interesting enough. We do. Okay. Well, they have an event in Australia every year called the Posty Bike Challenge. Now, there was a motorcycle that you could have bought in the United States, 1980, 1981, that was called a Honda Trail 110. Now, the Trail 90 was uh, ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. They, they made a hojillion of them. From 60s on through, yeah, right. until the 110. And it's a four-speed uh, semi-automatic transmission. You don't have a, a clutch. horizontal Honda motor. An indestructible horizontal Honda motor. And these are the same bikes that, uh, if you ever watched The Long Way Down with uh, Ewan McGregor, uh, him and Charlie Borman... And uh, what's our millionaire friend that owns, our multimillionaire friend who owns Virgin Airlines? Uh, I don't know. Branson? Yep, Richard Branson. They took a bunch of uh, Honda CT90s and CT110s and donated them to Doctors Without Borders. Because this little motorcycle will go anywhere. The Swiss Army knife of motorcycles. It really is. It has a four-speed dual-range transmission, which means eight gears, four low, four high. Uh, you can throw it off of the roof of a four-story building. Which as they, uh, Charlie Borman did. Which Charlie Borman did, he did. And it will still run great. It was a Cub, but the, basically um, the same well, motorcycle. <clears throat> um, defined run great. The bike started and ran. And it ran. By the time it fell off the The rim was building, bent. Yeah, yeah, the rim was bent. It wasn't going to ride anywhere. But that kind of legendary survivability, that l- literally airdroppable survivability, well, what 
Australia did. In Australia, they're still using this motorcycle, and they use it for the Australian Postal Service. So when you get your mail and you live in the outback, somebody brings you your mail on a Honda CT110. Imagine that job. Imagine that job. Riding a CT110 every single day. They're going to be. They're doing a you know a tour or whatever. But somebody's job was to do that every every single day. day. It's like it's like the scooter messengers in New York City that deliver Chinese food and pizzas on little small displacement scooters (laughs) and duke it out every single day with taxis and buses, taxis and buses in New York City downtown Manhattan traffic. Toro, Toro. Yeah, scooters held together with duct tape, jumping six inch curbs. Like ballet, my I mean I get a lot of props for that. I mean think these these guys are amazing. I've seen what they can do. The Posty Bike Challenge is put together for charity in Australia. Now it's not cheap. It's going to cost you around six grand. But when you get there, they're going to outfit you. You don't need to bring anything but you. You fly into Australia. Do you have and, to pay for your uh, ticket? Well, you got to pay for your airfare. Oh, yeah. Sorry, it's expensive. That's but, not part of the six grand. No. Oh, that's but here's what here's what the six grand I'm covers. Out. Yeah, well, the six grand gets you the bike. You get the bike, and when the bike when you're done with the bike, they donate it to charity. Mm-hmm. Some people choose to keep their bike, and they pay a small fee to keep the bike. Mm-hmm. But most people donate the bike to charity, and that's great that they do that. But what this is, this is two thousand miles through the Australian outback. Back in. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Brisbane to Alice Springs. No, they get the bikes. These are ex-posty bikes, though. Yeah. And they haven't made the CT110 for a while. They're, no, they, well, they do in Australia. They're still making yeah, the they're CT110. Yeah, they're oh, still available okay. in Australia. So these may or may not be a brand new CT110. Well, what actually happens is Honda actually preps these bikes to make sure they're tip-top okay. for the event. Okay. Now, for the event, you're followed by several chase vehicles. One of the things that they're going to provide you with when you get there is they're going to provide you with the bike and a milk crate on the back for your basic day-to-day essentials. Beer? Oh, well, well <laughs> yeah. of course. It is Australia. It yeah, better you're be. in Australia. Okay. All the fosters you can drink, right? They're going to get you an 80-liter duffel bag. They're going to give it to you when you get there. They're so going to give you 80 liters of beer. 80, well, what's 80 liters of your, uh, your camping gear. Right. And oh, that's going to go okay. in a chase vehicle. Oh. And they have mechanics, and they have chase vehicles. So really, it's all about you having a great time. Mm-hmm. It's about you not having to worry about, well, if something breaks, now I'm out of the competition, I'm out of the race. No, they've got mechanics that will help you out. They're going to keep <clears> you so, running. Yeah, they're going to keep you running because it's part of the spirit of the event. One of the great things is that for uh, 2,000 miles, well over 10 days, you're going to camp under the stars with experienced people that run this tour. And they're going to feed you and they're going to beer you. And they're going to make sure you have a damn fine time. Now, I don't have that kind of money right now. But if I did, I think this would be one of the greatest events I could ever participate in. Yeah. Because the idea of that, uh, going out into the outback, you know, outback of Australia and riding all these distances. And every year the tour takes a different route. So, but it always has one thing in common, and that is that you are going across the heart and soul of Australia. The part that you only usually see in Mad Max movies, mm-hmm. okay, <laughs> which is pretty cool. <laughs> I, I want that bike custom built to look like the uh, the Jim Goose bike. Well, the interesting thing is, on day one, as we know from the Babe Rally, what happens on what we call day zero or what they call day one is uh, we're outfitting the vehicles. Maybe a little custom modification goes on. Maybe a little, uh, you know, elective uh, pin- to one up the other guy. painting or modification. But that all happens on day one while everybody's getting their stuff together. So it really sounds like a lot of fun to me. And uh, when I used to live in Germany, when I was in the military, we used to do these things called Alpine tours. And there's a thing called the Glossglockner Alpenstrasse, which you could bring your own bike or you could rent one of theirs. Now, I did it on a Honda VFR uh, 700. And I rode all through the southern Bavarian Alps of Germany, Switzerland, and Italy on a motorcycle. And it was nice because we had hotels that we stayed at. There was great food every night. But this is what we call that super high-end tour. They were looking after us. The roads were beautiful. We were going through sweepers at 70, 80 miles an hour on motorcycles that uh, were in top running condition. It wasn't cheap, but it was a great check-the-box moment. 
Now, when we talk about doing an 110cc Honda Posty bike <laughs> through the outback of Australia, that starts sounding like a real adventure there. Yeah, well, yeah. I can tell you. I mean, I've ridden my... I have a CT90 that I've ridden extensively off-road, and that thing is... It, like you say, it's indestructible, but right. it, it's like a billy goat. You could climb yeah. a tree with that. You put it in low range. Right. Low range is a fifty percent reduction over your your standard range. So, granted, fourth gear is going to be about twenty five mile an hour for that bike. But <laughs> yeah, in first but gear and low range, down with it. you can't you can't stop the back. No. Tire. You cannot you stop the back, tire. and it won't stall. You can't stall it's it. A, it's an automatic yeah. transmission. Yeah, I have a so, CT one ten. Same story. Yeah. I've ridden it through mud, snow, yeah. sand, beaches, stuff like that, and it just it goes, it goes, and goes. <laughs> yeah. and we've hooked a nylon strap up to the back of my CT110 to pull things back to our booth at Mid Ohio. Yeah, <laughs> and I've pulled back CB750s. I've pulled back thousand cc motorcycles that were brakes stuck, dragging like crazy. And as long as you could get your butt back far enough on that seat, mm-hmm. uh, last year Larry brought a three-wheeler and a bunch of weird stuff that he had to bring all the way from his trailer down to our booth at Mid-Ohio. And the bike I chose to go pull all these vehicles through the mud of Mid-Ohio, and it was sloppy, was my CT-110. Because I knew that as long as you could hook a strap to it, that CT-110 could pull it in low range. No problem. And it really did. The idea to me of spending 10 or 12 days in the Australian Outback with a group of guys who know what they're doing on a posty bike... I don't need a thousand cc's. Well, if you get stuck too, CCs. just pull it out, Lift jump it off, off it, pick right? It up. <laughs> Drag it out, of the Drag it out, right? <laughs> get off and walk next to it. Well, I guess they've got the route picked out so that there's some river crossings yeah. and there's all kinds of fun stuff on the trail. Those were touted as great river crossing bikes because of the way the the air filter the, set the up. air filter snorkels up and it yep. actually goes into a little hole in the rear rack. Yep. And so you know you can as long up. as the water's not over your balls, yeah, it will survive. <clears throat> Yep. If the water's touching your nuts, it'll probably suck out. Two feet of water is not really a big problem. Yeah. And it really is a fun thing. So if you guys know about any strange, weird uh, motorcycle events, let us know about it. Because we'd like to know a little bit more. We go for the weird stuff. I don't want to hear about, you know, 24 hours at Nelson's Ledges and stuff. That's, That's great, but that's pretty, you know... That's pretty mainstream. That's I like to, league. I like hearing about the weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Bring on bring on the weird challenges. Yeah. Uh, they do the triple nickel event. Uh, we're going to learn a little bit more about that. We're going to do some research into that. Small displacement bikes. I know there's a 50cc event down in Georgia Yeah, that's, that we uh, need to do a little more research into. That sounds like a lot of fun. Is it down at uh, uh, Barber? No, it's not at Barber. It's no. up in the mountains. It's at a motorcycle-only campsite. In fact, really? we were there when we were on our Babe rally. We pulled in there on a turnaround. I can't remember. Get out, what, really? Yep. I can't remember yep. what that is. Yeah. Uh, what the name is. Such as. Such as. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Such as Georgia? Yeah, yeah, such as. Yeah, we pulled into there. We actually pulled onto their property, and a friend of mine uh, from Columbus used to go down every year to the 50cc uh, event down there. It looks, like it, it looks like it says Moto Giro is another one. Yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, there's all kinds of uh, good stuff out there. We want what, what I'm sorry, go not, not to interject, fire, but there, there's also no, the... No, you're uh, interjecting. Go fuck yourself. There's the, I uh, do all the time. There's the $500 bike challenge that crosses the, the country. We talked about this before. We talked about it on Babe Rally. Yeah, was that the triple nickel? Or was that the... But that was another 500 bike challenge where guys rode $500 motorcycles across uh, the United it States. It starts with like Georgia and ends yeah. in Portland or something. Yep. Yep. So we want to find out a little bit more about that. Yeah. We'll bring you some I've more got details. The bike set up. I already bought my five hundred dollars. We have garages full. Of I them. think the idea of, I think the spirit that we embody about doing more with less, about not spending money. We have the Burning uh, River bike build off coming up, and we're so excited about it. And yeah. Everybody's working on their projects, and it has great motivation. It's got actually the the momentum behind it is staggering. Yeah. The number of people, the teams. I mean, we've got 16 teams already assigned. Nice. Uh, it's really going to be fun. I'm, I'm actually branching off. I, I'm supposed to be doing a bike with you guys, but I think I'm building a bike of my own, too. Fantastic. That is great. Wait, is he allowed to do that? Why not? Who cares? If he, you know what? <laughs> you know, let's not get caught up in all these rules, schmoles. Let's, let's just have right, more bikes. The hell with the rules. Let's have more well, bikes. More bikes. I'm, well, it's I'm, like... I'm building a bike of my own, then, too. James already <laughs> wants to team up with me. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> of course. Right. But we'll, we're going to build two bikes, but... We're going to be a team, you know, like whatever. I will tell you, the Mexican restaurant, when Larry and I go every year, we go at uh, Mid-Ohio, we ride something to the Mexican restaurant on Saturday night that we purchased 
either on Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. Yep. And that's the rule, man. You can't ride anything you brung. You got to ride something you bought. And the spirit behind the AMA five hundred dollar challenge, the Mid Ohio Challenge, uh, AMA Vintage Days, is that five hundred dollar bike. That that's a great thing. You got to make it to the Mexican restaurant. Or whatever. You know what? <laughs> and the funny thing is, and man, back. Steam Corners Road. Good luck it's back. Fun. It's fun. It's very steep hills. Uh, we've had people lose bikes on the way back. It's a roller coaster. It is a roller coaster. Uh, and it's certainly enough to shake down a bike that you just bought. We've found all <laughs> kinds we've found all kinds of you know mechanical failures on the way back from the Mexican restaurant. So like the idea behind that of having there be this terminus where Larry riding his Cushman the one here. Oh my god, yeah. There, we've had just a parade of bad bikes that we've ridden on that, you know, that night out. So we want to see those people coming out because the event, we've had so much fun with it in previous years. We really want to share that with new people. Come out, find a bike for 500 bucks or whatever you can make out of flipping bikes. Get the $500 machine. And, you know, either it be Saturday night or Sunday morning for breakfast. We're going to get together and we're going to ride out. And it's really fun to get this bike you've never ridden before. You bought it in a confined environment. <laughs> you've had a little while to make it safe. And then go out and ride the thing. And, you know, take it on a nice 15-mile uh, round trip and uh, get a nice meal in the process. So yeah. it's you know, a really good time. Also going back to the Burning River build-off, same kind of deal. You know, it doesn't really matter if you're buying your $500 bike if it's just a piece of shit that needs put back together. Right. If it's a bike that you got and the guy said, oh, it ran 10 years ago. <laughs> of and course they, it did. Well, and didn't they all run 10 years ago? Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. pretty sure they, they were all parked. brand new. Uh, yeah. They were all parked because yeah. they were running perfectly. They ran when they were parked right. because it was like, I want to keep this thing pristine. Yeah, ran it, when parked. It doesn't really matter if it, if it was a bike. That, say you pick up a CB550 and, you know, Basically, it needs the carb shake. It needs <laughs> like, the carb shaken out and right. put back together. Right, and, that, and that's all your mechanical here, aptitude fucking goes through. Yep. Bring that bike out. More bikes, the better. Because you know what? I'll be excited to see that fucking thirty-year-old bike back on the road. If we have thirty bikes for the Burning River build-off, if there are thirty entrants, that's thirty vehicles that we rescued. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's and 30 bikes that were languishing in garages yeah. and in barns and in scrap piles. They were dead to the world. They were dead to the world. They would have been sold for scrap or cut apart or just lost. Yeah. And we've managed to successfully resurrect 30 vehicles. Fight those bastards back to life. Yeah. And it's it's going to be cheap. Anybody yeah. out there doubting themselves like, oh, man, I can't build a bike for right. a bike build off. I just don't have that kind of skill or money uh no you do you, all right yeah. yeah just get a bike and do it get a bike you and download win. an owner's manual yeah. <laughs> download yeah. a, a, a pdf might win. anything right. yeah. you know anyone's afraid of carburetors like oh the guy said you know the carburetors are it's been said for a while the carburetors are junk yet anyone who's afraid of carburetors might be a little bit fucked up in the head because you could take a carburetor apart right and you could leave all the original settings if right. you leave the original pipes and everything, you could most of the time put it back together and that bastard will run. Right. And then you could probably call John and he'll <laughs> dial it in for you. <laughs> well, he's think, not allowed to. I, well, you know, I don't think anybody here would be against telling somebody what no. they need to do. Help each exactly. other out. Yeah. We're not gonna, yeah. Nobody's going to work, but your fellow competitors would probably give you some good advice. Exactly. Yeah. A six pack of beer goes a long way. Right. Yeah, it's, sure a, does. it's a competition, but it's also, you know, in the spirit of camaraderie. Yeah. Right? Just a bunch of guys building bikes and having a good time and. You know, if you got to go over to somebody else's garage while they're working on their competition bike, and you might not be working on your competition bike, and you want to bring a 12-pack over to get them drunk so they don't work so <laughs> diligently, <laughs> oh, sandbag, sabotage you know, the other team. Go for it. Go pick somebody's brain out. for information. You'll have a great time. Yeah, yeah. It really will be a lot of fun. The uh, We've had an interesting addition to our life at our shop. Uh, we've been through a whole lot of different trailers. Yeah. I mean, we've been through customers bringing in Harbor Freight trailers that were unsafe at any speed. Are you looking for an endorsement? No, I'm not, by God. I'm not at all. We've been through our There's own that love. landscape trailers. <laughs> we've been through big, giant box trailers. But we recently uh, got a Kendon folding, stands up in the quarter and takes the space of a 10-speed bicycle, but has full-size car tires on it, and will haul... It's set up to haul. You know, it's got three rails on it. It's got tie-down points and everything already on it. Do you have a name for it yet? No, we haven't named it yet, <laughs> but by God, I love this damn thing. 
And I've managed to do a, a number of days where every single day I've left the shop with four bikes, two in the back of the truck and two on the Kendon with no problem. One you day I managed had, to get three on the Kendon? Yeah, the one day I had three. I had a, a Yamaha 750. I had a, a big displacement scooter, a large size, you know, a 16-inch wheeled uh, BV250 scooter, and then a Vespa, a 250 uh, full-size Vespa. So I had three bikes on the Kendon. And it worked great. Mm-hmm. Now, I wouldn't say you could probably put three full-size motorcycles on it. Right. Two for sure. But what kills me about this is I've always been that guy that just went, man, I, you know, I don't want to spend big money on a trailer. Mm-hmm. It just seems like a bad idea. And Kendons were always you know, over two grand. And we sell Kendons through our shop, but we never really pushed them. We never did anything with them because I always thought, that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I finally figured out why they charge so much money. It's a great trailer. <laughs> you know why divorces are expensive? Because they're worth it. Uh. Right? <laughs> oh, shit. Do you know why Ken Do you know why Kendon trailers are expensive? Because they fucking work. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. I finally graduated to the point of having a proper trailer with proper retractable tie-down straps. Mm-hmm. I'm Johnny Lightning on this thing. I can load bikes and unload bikes in record time. Yeah. You can use the trailer as an intermediate step to load a bike into the back of the pickup truck mm-hmm. so you don't have to go up the steep ramp that you normally would. The trailer is a nice halfway point to rest. Uh, you guys, that, and we do see a lot of people showing up at our shop with bikes laying on their side in the back of pickup trucks because people are using some, honestly, ghetto-ass moves to tie in bikes with bungee cords and stuff you should never do. Bad idea. Right. And if you don't know how to tie a motorcycle down... Look it up on the internet or Where call they just somebody push who does. Put them in the back does. of the truck and lay them down. And, yeah, oh, there oh, go. I'm sick of yeah. seeing motorcycles come in in worse shape than they were when they left the house. Exactly. Yeah. A couple have come in on the flatbeds with just the yeah. bike laying just on sliding the around a flatbed with a strap over it. Yeah. Oh my god. Ugh. I've tied a CX 500 in the back of Henry yeah. with one fucking strap, <laughs> and the motherfucker stood up, and I right. made it all the way home. Well, it kind of fell over. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it didn't kind of fall over. It kind of made its way forward. Oh, yeah, it did. I was, it was following listing. you. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, I saw it kind of yeah. jump up. The point is, a list. If, if you know what you're doing, two straps will work great. Yeah. If you don't want your, know what you're doing, 16 straps and it'll still fall over. All right. <laughs> All right? I've seen some nice rigs that people have made, you know, right. to fit in the back of their truck. Like, right. You know, oh, it's super elaborate. And all this. Uh, and we've seen people bring in bikes with no less than 76 linear feet of 2 by 4 in the back of their truck that they've pimped out some trick-ass rig for holding a bike and the bike still comes in on its side. Right. It takes three $2 fucking straps. <laughs> okay, people? True. Go to Harbor Freight and buy go a to set Home of straps Depot. for 10 bucks. Yeah. Buy the package. You're good to go. But realistically, I will say this. I got that Kendon and we're using it now and we're using it several times a week. We're using it in a professional capacity. Uh, literally, not in a work, like, you know, I'm going to go to a couple of rallies a year and use this trailer. Yeah. We're using it three, four, five days a week, going through the world's worst roads, which is Cleveland in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. Potholes, everything else. Springtime. Springtime, even yeah. worse. <laughs> yeah. And I've been nothing but impressed with the way this thing pulls, the way it loads, the way it works. And as we get into a, the start of our summer, as the beginning of our springtime goes... If you're going to a rally and you got some hinky-ass trailer behind your vehicle, if you don't want to see your bike being dragged down the road on its side at 70 miles an hour, it may be time to think about what you're putting your bike on. You don't put a $3,000 bike on a $200 Harbor Freight trailer. Right. You just don't do it. And 8-inch golf cart tires are not going to go down the road at 70 miles an hour with any kind of authority. They're just not going to do it. The bearings are going to explode, the tires are going to fail, and you're going to lose your bike. I've, I've, I have a neighbor. He bought this deal. He stuck it in a two-inch receiver on the back of his truck, and he's got a Harley, mind you, mm-hmm. with the the geezer glide. Yeah. And uh, you you run it up. It just holds the front wheel. You sit in the front yeah. wheel, and the back wheel sits on the fucking ground. Right. I watched him for two days in the front yard. <laughs> <laughs> trying to load this motherfucking bike. You know, Tom's a great guy. Tom is a great guy. Yep. He is. And yep. I walked out, and him and his wife were fighting with it, swearing and everything. I walked right. out, and I go, that's not a good idea, Tom. He goes, thank you. That's what I was thinking. And he fucking took it, threw it on the ground, and what do you think a, that, went and bought a trailer. What do you think that device that holds your front wheel and the Class 3 hits your vehicle <sighs> and allows your back wheel 
of yeah. your motorcycle to steer oh, to roll sucks. down the road oh, at a, seventy such a bad idea. miles an hour. Now, what happens if your bike accidentally jumps into gear at seventy miles an hour? You got a big flat spot in your right. tire for about three seconds. So, right. How do you? Well, let's think about this. How right. do you corner? The motor and the bike isn't running. Right. The motor's so not running. Bikes have some problem with scavenging and their gear exactly. clusters and everything. That's right. You're not slinging oil nope. into your gear set. No, you're not. You're but running, you're running zero your pressure. counter shaft. And you're heating everything up. Right. Without lubing it. Yeah, so, I've always been scared of those. It's <clears> just <throat> like any time you tow a car with a trailer, this goes back to me, I'm right. sorry. Any time you tow a rear wheel drive car, you right. have to have the drive shaft get disconnected. disconnected. Absolutely. I don't care if it's automatic, right. manual. It doesn't matter. You should. Because it's going to heat yeah. shit. I used to repossess cars. We could tow yeah. them for a short distance yeah. with the drive shaft intact together, but realistically, if you towed it for any kind of distance at all, you knew you were going to do damage. The uh, If you are not willing to spend money and buy a trailer, I recommend going to U-Haul mm-hmm. and getting what's called their garden trailer, mm-hmm. which mysteriously has a notch in the front of it that it perfectly accepts a motorcycle tire. Mm-hmm. And for the princely sum of $20 a day... You can put one of the best engineered trailers you'll ever see, which is a low entry height and a ramp built right into it, yeah. on the back of your vehicle and go to a rally and have a great time. And at the end of the rally, turn it back into U-Haul and you're out 20 bucks a day. Well, the Versa haulers work pretty well for one bike. Yeah. You know, the Versa haulers yeah. work good. If and you that's have a, a good, a good right. hitch. That's a hitch machine. mount. If you have a good vehicle. Yeah, if, you yeah. have, if you have a right. tough enough vehicle to handle. It is fun yeah. when people come in with a minivan yeah. with a Class 3 that they just had installed yeah. at, yeah. at a U-Haul and they come in and they throw the Versa haul in the back. Yeah. And you roll the bike up onto the Versa Hall, and now the back end of that minivan sags out to about an inch. Fucking tuck a tire. And they can't even make it down our driveway ramp. Yeah. Scrape. So when you do things like that, that Versa Hauler at uh, less than $400 or something seems like a great deal. But if your vehicle's not set up to handle, imagine a 350-pound man or 400-pound man standing on the back bumper of your vehicle. Yeah. And whatever your vehicle sags out to with that. And that's just if you're hauling a light bike. That's a light bike. Yeah. Add another three feet of leverage to that. Right, exactly. And then. Right, drops <laughs> out. Yeah. So, yeah, before you invest in a Versa haul, we love Versa hauls. They're great for oh, lightweight yeah. scooters and stuff like that. But I wouldn't, you know, I would be extremely reluctant to put a 500-pound motorcycle on the back yeah. one. Well, and also, it, it is true if you, if you have the right vehicle. I mean, I'm not right. going to put a Versa <clears> on <throat> my Subaru wagon. No. You know, my Subaru Outback will not have one. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I could put the Buddy on there, and it would sag the rear. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, as you think about some of the rallies and events you're going to this year, and a lot of people have decided to go with trailers, as trailers have become more common and more affordable, uh, make sure that the trailer that you're using is matched to the try to job you're trying to do with it. Well, the Kenan, too. Like, you mentioned that it's a fold-up, but it folds up. Yeah. It stands up on end. It stands on its it tail. It has casters. So I know. So you can wheel it into the corner. You can fold yeah. it all up and wheel it into the uh, corner of your garage, yeah. not have it sitting in your driveway right. or your backyard Rusting out or something the rain, like yeah. that. It and takes the same space as a 10-speed bicycle when you've stood it on its tail. And believe me, it stands up easy. You don't have to be strong. Yeah, one person can wheel One it person around. can stand it You don't vertical. have to back up to it. You right. can pull Walk it, it over right over it. Yeah. Yeah, it was really what my wife always says about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was really impressed with how easily it worked and, and basically the, <laughs> the operation of it. Gotcha. The, uh, so now we're going to go into uh, a little bit about... Uh, some of the events that we have going this summer, we talked about the Burning River Bike Build Off, which is fantastic. We Get talked into about it. come on, AM, come on, pussy. Yeah. do it. We talked about AMA Vintage Days, do it. There's a lot of stuff we that we've got going on. Last week we did our first ever non douchebag bike night uh, for this season. Yay! We did it. We yeah, did it somehow. And it and wasn't even that yeah. cold. Yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for calling us. Uh, by the way, that. y'all were here when we when we announced it. Yeah, I know. But yeah. you know, you live in the same fucking town. Hey, I'm leaving. Let's go. I was at work already. We so. were all also here right. when we said like, uh, you know, you know I hear I hear a bunch of excuses. It was you, beautiful. Nobody excuses said hey. Like uh, you could have called us and been like, I'm is that going on tonight? Yeah, I really think that. Okay, well, Tuesday. I don't know why I'm fucking with you because I had paint curing, so I couldn't right. made it anyway. I, I was too I lazy; I wouldn't have gone anyway. So there you go. <laughs> so Tuesday, we know seven the o'clock. Reason. You're you're douchebags. Yep. Oh, it's Tuesday, seven o'clock. Show up in the parking lot of the shop. <laughs> What's uh, the shop at, Phil? The shop is on Detroit Road, eighteen six thirty six Detroit Road. What's if, the name of the shop? The shop is called Pride of Cleveland Scooters in Cleveland wow. Moto. Never heard of it. Yeah, I know it's strange. Is it by the border of two different cities? It's in- by the border of Lakewood and Rocky River. All right, it's enough. It's <laughs> right adjacent to the Rocky River itself proper. 
The point is simple. If you are traveling west on Detroit Road and you've crossed into Rocky River, turn around. You'll be in our parking lot. <laughs> the uh, We're going to get together at 7 o'clock. Usually we roll at about 7.30 or so. On Tuesdays? Tuesdays. Tuesdays. Yep, Tuesdays. Tuesdays. 7 o'clock. Tuesday, um, Tuesday, 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 Tuesday. We'll sell you the whole seat, but you'll only need the edge. John yeah. Deucebag Bike Night. Right. Night, night, night. The, uh, this was a lot of fun. We went to the Terry Moore. We got to, you know, experience the gravel parking lot at the Terry Moore. The Terry Moore. It's amazing, isn't it? It's really good. Yeah. It is a drinker's bar. It's a drinker's bar. <laughs> uh, as as <laughs> I can only think as, of... As, as I know only too well. well. I owned a recording studio <laughs> next to the Terry Moore, and I lived there well, for the, a while. The best way for Phil Waters to not get any respect at the Terry Moore is to walk in and go, I'll take a summer shandy. No. No. Yeah. That shit. <laughs> so I ended up with a Jenny, uh, Jenny uh, draft. Jenny draft. Two bucks. Two for bucks a tw- for a Jenny for draft. For a 22 ounce. Yeah, it was all right. It hit <laughs> the spot. No, the Terry but it hit the spot. They have the frosted ice. mug. It's going to be ice cold. It is the iciest, coldest Jenny draft you've ever had, and that's the only way to drink a Jenny draft is yeah. ice cold with ice floating in it. Order then, my life next time, all right? I wanted something well, was, on the tap. It was, it was Jenny good. or Budweiser. Yeah, Jenny it. or Buddy on tap. That was all you got. So anyway, next uh, next hour of the non-douchebag bike night. We'll probably do something different. But the idea is that we've got an event that is a weekly event people can come out to and have a great time. So we don't care what you ride. Uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. We don't give a damn. If you are tired of going to Quaker Steak and Lube and getting into a competition of seeing how many soft tails you can spot in one evening. How about yeah. that kid who showed up, yeah. saw who it was, and how many of you know, like... Said, oh, uh, when's your next one going to be? And then right. took off. Yeah. <laughs> he literally came up. He looked at the crew that we had and kind of went. obviously a douchebag. Well, the, the funny was thing he was, riding? was he riding? Uh, CB-175? Yeah. CB-175. We lost a friend. CL-175, yeah. But the funny thing was, he legitimately looked at our group and went, oh, there's not enough of them yet. I can't bother wasting my time with only six or seven. Yeah, yeah. When it's right. the most fun. Right. This, he apparently uh, has too many friends. We apparently don't. Yeah. This is the kid who came like buzzing up, like he was uh, evil Knievel? like a cl- like a clown <laughs> style riding as. A, hey guys, what's going on? Like right. like the week before, and I'm like, oh, he's, right. he's, he's, he's listening fun. to us right, right now. Like he's having a great time. Yeah. yeah, he's having a great time. And I'm like, well, what do you have? A- uh, whatever. Yeah, it's fine, John. It's we all understand. It's not for everybody. There's an ass for every seat and a seat for every ass. So on that, get out and ride your bikes. The weather's finally breaking. Get out and have a great time. Start building your bikes. Let's go. Start building your machines, man. Finish building your bikes. It's spring. It's spring. (laughs) For fuck's sake. Yeah. Uh, And on that, we'd like to close for episode number 11 of the Cleveland Moto podcast. You can find us on clevelandmoto at blogspot.com. To be specific, it's episode 10 because the Scooter Only episode was a special. He brings it up every fucking time. He does bring it. Yeah, he brings it up every time. I'm the producer. I've got to keep this shit straight. People have had to sit through 11 of these damn things. Oh, and uh, another thing, too. If you want to send us an email, it's clevelandmoto at gmail.com. You can go to our website, clevelandmoto.com. So you're picking up the trend here? It's Cleveland Moto. Cleveland Moto, all one word. Yes. Give us your comments, your opinions, your lewd remarks. Uh, we are all available for parties, bar mitzvahs, uh, christenings. We can be there for you. I haven't done a bris in years. I, uh, uh, my hand is steady. If you want, let me give you want, Phil's cell phone number so you can call in. No, well, no I, you know what? Actually, if you want to send an, a lewd text or an awful voicemail, right? Look in Cafe Racer Magazine. You can find James' number. Page five oh, of this true. month's Cafe yeah. Racer Magazine is James' yeah. cell phone number. Call him. He appreciates. Find out about the Burning River Build Off and mods and rockers. He appreciates photographs of tits. Mods versus rockers. Male tits especially are appreciated. Yes. Oh, yeah. Man, yeah. Yep, man, man boobs tits. is yeah. excellent. Just so, shave them beforehand, please. Thanks a lot, guys, and we'll see you next week. Adios. Thank you for listening to Cleveland Moto. If you have comments or topic suggestions, you can leave them at our blog at www.clevelandmoto.blogspot.com or visit our website at www.clevelandmoto.com.